Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI, where we are talking about massive mammals known as elephants. And today we're going to address the elephant in the room. Vamos a hablar de ese tema intocable. Let's start off the second part talking about some other idioms that we use when referring to elephants. But remember, we don't only use them when referring to elephants. They come from elephants. Another one is a white elephant. And unfortunately, Spain is no stranger to white elephants. And these are projects that maybe have gone over budget, that were never finished, projects that were maybe just a little too ambitious. A white elephant. I think one of the perfect examples is the Castellón Airport. It's just sitting there empty, unused, or I should say barely used. It's just a symbol of money being spent lavishly. A white elephant. Also, we say an elephant never forgets. And this has to do with an elephant's memory. They say that elephants can remember things like nobody. And they say that it's because their brain, just to give you an idea, their brain weighs five kilos. That's a lot of processing power. So they, it's not just a, a stereotype. I looked into it. They really do have a good memory. So that's where that expression comes from. An elephant never forgets. The opposite, somebody who forgets things, is forgetful. So yes, they have fabulous memories, and that's just another thing that makes this animal so special. Now let's talk about the tusks. The tusks are these long teeth that come out of the mouth. And a lot of people, hunters, I should say, or poachers, poachers are illegal hunters, they kill and hunt elephants for their tusks because they can get ivory from the tusks. I'm sure all of you have seen those images on Twitter of somebody sitting there with their trophy. The word ivory is marfil. De hecho, the Ivory Coast is La Costa Marfil. So we all know about tusks because some people hunt them. Some people poach them, to use the word again, to poach. But I'm curious, what are these coveted things? Are they teeth? Well, kinda. They're derived from the incisor teeth, and they serve both as weapons... Eso es, armas, que no se dice weapons, se dice weapons, and as tools. So they can move objects, they can dig, to dig, excavar, and elephant tusks grow all throughout their life. Now take a guess. I'm going to ask you guys, because we're looking at a lot of different figures here, just because these figures are ginormous. See? This is what I mean when I say when we learn a new word, we want to use it as soon as possible. This way we don't lose it. Well, what did you say? 10 kilos? 30 kilos? How much do you think average tusks weigh? Over 90 kilos. That's right. So if you want this 
coveted, sought after thing. First, you got to be able to carry it. (laughs) Oh my God, man. So tusks is the word in English. Let's move on to the trunk. Now, a trunk, this is an interesting word in English because it has many meanings. An elephant has a trunk. Your car has a trunk. And you can also store memories or clothes or whatever you want in a trunk. So it's uh, one of those words that has many meanings. And what do elephants use their trunks for? Well, they use them for breathing, for bringing food and water to their mouths, so for feeding themselves. Remember, feed, fed, fed. Es un verbo irregular. They also use it for grasping objects, right? To grasp or to grab. And they have around 150,000 muscle units in their trunk. So this is a very powerful collection of 150,000 muscles working together. And don't worry, they're not just designed to crush people or to to feed themselves. They're also designed so that they can hug each other. Because one way that elephants greet each other, one way they say hello to each other, is by hugging their trunks. Again, if you spend a day with these creatures, you're going to be like, how cool. They're such great communicators. It almost reminds me of a handshake, you know? They touch trunks and they shake hands. Oh, and the trunk can also be used as a snorkel when they're swimming because elephants like to swim as well. We already talked about their ears a little bit. As we said that they have big ears, depending on the shape, we're able to know where they're from. But these flaps, as they're called, well, they help them keep a constant body temperature. And they also help them in communication. So what I'm realizing here is these are finely tuned machines, these elephants. Nothing that they have serves only one purpose. It seems like everything they have is multifunctional, even down to their skin, la piel. Now, in some places, elephant skin can be 2.5 centimeters thick. So that's the thickness, 2.5 or 2.5 centimeters thick. As we know, they have folds, pliegues, and wrinkles in their skin. Well, that's good. That's strategic. That's because they can retain up to 10 times more water than your skin or mine, or what would be called flat skin. And obviously, this helps cool them down when they overheat. So they keep their skin clean because, well, it's part of their survival. And how do they keep their skin clean? It's really interesting because I saw this firsthand. They take regular dust and mud baths. Eso es, se dan baños diarios de polvo y de barro. I know because I was splashing around in the mud with elephants. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in a moment. But it's incredible. Their skin protects them from overheating. It protects them from the sun. And uh, the way I look at it, it's almost like they have their own sunscreen. It's awesome. So you could say that elephants have thick skin. (laughs) 
Okay, really bad joke. But did you know the expression to have thick skin? It means that you don't get offended very easily if you've got thick skin. And also, to get under someone's skin is realmente afectar a alguien. And this is an interesting one because it can be in a positive way or a negative way. Oh, man, you really got under my skin. Me afectaste. And you'll know from the person's tone of voice if they mean in the positive way or not. But, man, I didn't know their skin served so many purposes. I do remember touching their skin, and it was surprisingly hairy. In fact, they've got a, a layer of hair to protect themselves as well. But I'll tell you more about that later. And the, the, the trumpet, the roar sound, that's real. I remember the first time I heard it, when we arrived, I said, oh my God, that, that's really the sound they make. Because up until that point, the only elephant I had ever seen was maybe in the circus when I was a kid. I never got to go up and touch one and feed it and befriend it, right? To befriend es hacerse amigos de. But that trumpet call is just one of the many sounds that it makes. Some sounds are too low for people to hear. And remember how we said they were good communicators? They use body language as well to get their point across. Something I tell my students to do all the time. Sure, don't just rely on words. Your eyes, your facial expressions, your body language. It's so important. In fact, some people say it's just as important or more important than the words you're saying. And one of the things that I found most mind-boggling when I was looking this up was that they can communicate through seismic signals. So they can literally feel the ground and feel what's going to happen. And they create their own vibrations as well to communicate to each other. And they can detect it through their bones and their feet. Now, obviously, they have to have strong legs, right, to hold up all that weight. But elephants' feet are very special, too, because they're covered in a soft padding. And a padding is como uh, colcho, no? something soft, a soft padding that helps support their weight. And we looked at that before, guys. So, to weigh es pesar, and weight es el peso. And this padding, as well as helping them feel vibrations in the ground, it also prevents them from slipping. And to slip is resbalarse. So that's pretty interesting. Oh, and there's a stereotype that we got wrong. You know how when you think of elephants, you think of really heavy footsteps, Boom, boom, boom. Uh, almost like an avalanche or some kind of trampling, right? Well, elephants can, when they want to, they can walk almost silently. They can sneak around. So think of that. A thousand kilo animal, more, sneaking around, and you can't even hear it. That's pretty cool. It reminds me of the blue whale that we looked at in our oceans episode. The blue whale, the largest living creature 
right? The largest living organism, you know, one organism, as we said, the Great Barrier Reef, el Arrecife de Australia, that's the largest living organism that's made up of a lot of different organisms. But the blue whale is elusive. So how can it be that two of the biggest animals on the planet are elusive? They do things their way and they're unique and they're also great communicators. I guess we could learn a lot from elephants, right? Because you guys, well, you're learning English. Why? To be a better communicator, to be able to communicate better in English. So, hey, now we know. Maybe we got to start uh, listening to the vibrations in the ground. And in fact, we looked at that expression, to keep your ear to the ground, is intentar averiguar que va a pasar, right? To try and foresee things, to pay attention to things that might happen in the future. It makes sense. And I love when idiomatic expressions make sense because they're really easy to teach. As many of you have seen, I shared some of the videos of me splashing around with these amazing creatures. I went to Chiang Mai in Thailand. Chiang Mai is located in the north of Thailand. It's a really beautiful mountainous area. It's very green, very lush as well, which is a great place for elephants. You know, jungles, mountainous, there's water, right? Streams and rivers. And in Thailand, they take their elephants seriously. They mean business. Banin serio. It's their national animal. I mean, seriously. Their national animal is elephants. So they take them seriously. And I want to say something, a little disclaimer, before I get into this. My wife and I did our research. And even then, you can't trust anything 100%. But we did our research because we didn't want to go to a place that exploited the animal. So something like a circus or a zoo. We wanted to go to a place where we could see the animals in their natural habitat. And we were very lucky because in Thailand, there are a few different reserves or these kind of shelters for these animals. And it's where they take elephants that have been abused or neglected, or some something has gone wrong with them, and they rescue them. And they supposedly live there, and at least what I saw, they looked happy. They were living in their natural habitat. So a general rule, a rule of thumb, como decimos en inglés, is don't go to any place where the animals are in cages, where the animals are doing tricks with a soccer ball, for example, or where you're riding the animal, montándote encima. I highly recommend these nature reserves. They're really cool. If you need me to give you the information, I will. There are several of them in Thailand. And again, you're going into their home and you're living the way they live. So I thought that was beautiful. I didn't want to see it as some kind of circus sideshow. Because as we'll see later on in the show, there is a lot of mistreatment of these animals and I don't want to contribute to that. So if they're doing tricks, if you can ride them, if they're doing things that aren't elephant-like, run. 
Don't give them your money. See them in their natural habitat. You know, try and come on in and join the herd. The herd is la manada. So let me tell you about my day. We got up at the crack of dawn, a primera hora, because it was about an hour and a half or two hours away from our hotel in Chiang Mai. So we got up early. Everybody was sleepy because the night before was New Year's Eve. Era noche vieja. New Year's Eve. And so you can imagine we had a little bit of a hangover. We were partying. We were having a good time. But... You know, I'll, I'll tell you this, I fell asleep on the way up there. So by the time I got there, I was feeling fresh and ready to hang out with these elephants. But it was early. It was an early start. And so we got up there, and the first thing they did was kind of introduced us to the elephants. His name is Pongo, his name is Pongo, and his name is Bongo. And then, once we knew all their names, they started telling us some fun facts, kind of like here on this episode. Unos, uh, unas curiosidades. They started telling us some fun facts about these elephants, what to do, what not to do. No, muy importante, los do's and don'ts. Because you don't want to scare the elephant. And you never know, there were some kids, so a kid might grab the elephant's tail and scare it. And, you know, if we're judging by size here, it's not really an animal that you want to tick off. As I said, they're usually peaceful, but I wouldn't want to test it out. You know what I mean? So after we got the whole spiel, la charla, about these elephants, it was actually quite interesting. Then it was time to befriend them. Sure, we were in their territory. We were in their neck of the woods. <laughs> you get it? Well, their neck of the woods is su territorio, pero literalmente estábamos en el bosque. <laughs> so we needed to be accepted by them, right? They needed to accept us. And how do you gain acceptance from an elephant or from any being? Through their stomach. Yeah, food, baby. <laughs> so we started feeding them. They gave us bananas to feed them. And this is where they started warming up to us. This is where they started saying, okay, you guys can hang out with us today, especially if you keep feeding us. So it was a great way to not only befriend them, but to gain their trust. Because obviously they knew the people, the volunteers, the guys who were working there, but they didn't necessarily know us. So I thought it was a very natural process of getting to know the animal. And let me be honest, at first, I was very reluctant. I'd never been so close to such a big animal. So it took me a while to pet the animal, to pet his acariciar. And my friend Jermaine, he was crapping his pants out of respect, not fear. I don't even think he touched the elephants, but me, by the end of the day, I was swimming with them. I was massaging them. But well, let me go in order, because if not, I get all confused. So we gave him something to eat, and then it was time to go for a walk. So we went for a walk through the jungle with these elephants, and we ended up in this mud pit, in este hoyo de barro. And this is where the guys were like, hey, if anybody wants to get in the mud with the elephants, here's your chance. And of course, me, being a good sport, I was like, let's do it. I took off my shirt. I handed it to my wife. She said, good luck. You're nuts. Suerte, estás loco. 
And there I was. And as I said, you'll be able to see this in the videos I've shared. But I got to play in the mud with elephants. I don't know anything more primal than that. And then one of the guys told me, this one's pregnant. And I was in shock. I said, wow, she's pregnant. Amazing. He goes, you know, pregnant uh, elephants, just like pregnant women, like massages. And I said, oh, absolutely. So I started to massage some mud onto her stomach, onto her belly. And she thanked me. She turned around with her trunk and was like, thanks. That feels really good. And I, I found something out. I didn't know this that uh, they can be pregnant for 22 months. So that's almost two years of pregnancy. But uh, those little babies don't think they're that little. At birth, a baby elephant can weigh 120 kilos. Hello, you try picking them up. And they're so cute. Uh, I was with a baby elephant too. As I said, you'll see all of this in the video, but I can't recommend it enough. For me, it was a, a beautiful experience where I not only discovered this animal in particular, but it also, it kind of sparked, or I should say reignited my love of nature and, you know, of the natural world around us and how beautiful and intricate every creature and every ecosystem is. But just because these little elephant calves, and the calves are the little babies, calf, singular, calves, plural, well, they're in the womb for 22 months, but they're fast learners. That's right. They're fast or quick learners, as we say. They're able to stand within 20 minutes. Took my daughter a year to learn how to stand on her own two feet. They can walk within one hour. Took my daughter about a year and a half to learn how to walk. So they might be in the womb for a long time, but they develop and they adapt quickly. And that's just another thing that makes these animals absolutely amazing. And then the pièce de résistance, the cherry on top, after we were covered in mud, and I say we, meaning the elephants and myself, we went down to this little brook, this little river, Riachuelo, and we washed off the mud. And I got to swim with elephants. I was splashing them, and it was just an unreal experience that even now, putting into words, I feel like it's not enough. Like I could never really take you there with words. You would have to experience it yourself. Oh, and speaking of slip, I taught you the word slip before, resbalarse. There was a moment when I was massaging the pregnant elephant when I slipped in the mud. Well, I'm walking around on mud, so what happens? I slipped, and I was on the ground under the elephant, and it didn't take long at all. No, no, my reaction came out. I said, this is not where I want to be. Get up right now and try not to fall down again. <laughs> so uh, that was the moment where I realized that this could be potentially dangerous too. If you didn't, uh, well, pay attention. And these are big animals. No matter how cute, no matter how amazing they are, they're huge. 
And we're going to wrap up talking about some of the biggest threats to these amazing creatures. Now, some of it, as we mentioned before, comes from ivory trade. These poachers who poach. Now, a poached egg is otra cosa. A poached egg. But to poach is to hunt illegally. And these animals are poached for their ivory tusks as we said, but that's not the only threat they're facing. Their habitat is being destroyed as we speak. Now, in Asia, they're working animals. They help them around the farm. They help them with all the different duties that have to be done. And they were even used in wars. These animals are multi-purpose. They're not just smart, but they're multi-purpose. And I think they're one of the most amazing animals ever. But if we're not careful, what's going to happen is we are going to deplete these amazing animals. We are going to make them become extinct. And I say we because humans... Uh, <sighs> Man, we need to start paying a little more attention to what we do. I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying us as a species. Because I would hate to think that I'll have to tell my daughter about elephants because they don't exist anymore. That would be the ultimate tragedy. That said... I hope you enjoyed our foray into elephants. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of FYI.